Well, I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. I missed you last week. I really did. I promise. Um, I'm thankful for you. Uh, I love you and I love our church. You know, we're supposed to be thankful on Thanksgiving, right? I mean, that's what it's called. But Thanksgiving taught me to be thankful, right? Uh, we went to our my in-laws and, you know, when we left, I said, thank God. I'm kidding. It was okay. You know what I'm talking about. No, they're great. We had, we had a good time. Thankful I got to spend some time with family. Uh, so we kicked off a new series, Travis did, last week in Ruth. And um, the subtitle to this series is A Story of Hope. And if you have ever read Ruth or if you want to read Ruth, if I were to find uh, the book in one sentence, it would be that, you know, a story of hope. And last week we were introduced to some of the main characters, Naomi and, and Ruth, and we learned that they went through a series of transitions. Uh, Naomi, you know, uh, was from Bethlehem, and she moved with her husband and two sons to Moab, and uh, her two sons in, ended up getting married over there, right? But what happened? Uh, Naomi's husband and both of her sons died. And so she was left with just her and her two daughters-in-law. And, um, you know, just a difficult time for them. A difficult time, a difficult transition. They had already transitioned once away from home. Now they were in a foreign land on their own, by themselves. And so where we left off last week is Naomi had made a decision to go back where? To Bethlehem, to return home. And Ruth had committed to staying with her uh, on her journey. And... You know, what's interesting in this is Naomi even changed her name, right? She changed her name to Bitter, to Bitter, because of her circumstances, because of the way her life was going. Um, things were not as Naomi had hoped. Has, it, has that ever happened to you? You look back and maybe you're in a situation where, uh, you know, you didn't hope for or you think, well, I didn't think this would turn out like this. Or things don't seem to be working out. This didn't turn out the way that I thought it would, right? Have you ever been there? Are you there now? Um, that Hallmark Channel family that I see on TV all the time, right? That's what I thought my family would look like by now, right? And uh, it doesn't look like that at all. Or that, that perfect marriage, you know, I, I thought that I would have that by now, but I don't. I didn't think it would turn out this way. You know, we all face transitions. We all go through transitions. They're a part of life, whether it be a personal transition, right, for yourself, um, a family transition, or a transition at work. Um, and look, depending on how that goes, it's easy to get down. It's easy to lose hope, isn't it? And we see that at the end of Ruth chapter 1. We see that with Naomi. She was barely hanging on. But with God, listen, there's always hope. Amen? With God, there is always hope. God can change anyone's story. He can. God can bring hope to anyone in any situation. What a great story that is. 
And we will be reminded of that today. We'll be in Ruth chapter 2 if you have your Bibles with you. We're going to see how God brought about change to the lives of Naomi and Ruth. And as we go through this story together, there are a couple of things that stand out to us. Okay, so let's begin. Uh, the first thing that stands out is the faith of Ruth. Ruth really had a, showed a lot of faith in this story, tremendous faith. Let's begin at Ruth 2, verse 1. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. So before we get into talking about Ruth here, the, the author of Ruth kind of introduces us to Boaz, kind of throws Boaz in there. We, we're introduced to him, and he tells us, the, or the author tells us that he is a relative of Naomi on the side of Elimelech, so he's an in-law, right? Um, Boaz is a man of standing. Boaz is a man of integrity. Boaz is a businessman. He owns lots of land. He, he's involved in agriculture, right? He's well known in the area. He's very well respected. He is a man of integrity. And I just want to go ahead and tell this up front to you. Um, throughout this story, Boaz is sort of a, a type of Christ figure, a type of Jesus figure, all right? Um, I thought about talking about Boaz back when we did our reflections series when we were talking about Christ in the Old Testament, but really I was thinking about this series and I wanted to save Boaz until now. And we're going to learn more about him in just a minute and as this series goes on, but I just want every time you hear or see the name of Boaz, I want you just to picture Christ in that. So Ruth 2 verse 2, and Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. All right, so get this. They've traveled from Moab. They arrive in Bethlehem. Their situation is still dire. They're hungry. They have nothing. So in a dire situation here, the faith of Ruth, she takes initiative to provide not only for herself, but for Naomi. And she asks to go pick up grain. And that's where we get the word gleaning from. And that is picking, picking up leftover grain from the field as it's being harvested and this was a law in the old testament that god provided for his people for the well-being of his people they were to harvest in, in in circles and they were to leave the corners untouched all right and anything that was dropped accidentally or or left behind in the process you couldn't pick it back up it was to be left for the less fortunate of god's people all right so there was no five second rule in it we don't have a five-second rule in our house. We got like a five-day rule. Found all kinds of food underneath the couch last night. Still good. So, all right. So that, that's the law. That's the that's how God took care of the less fortunate. He provided for that. But here's the thing: Ruth was a Moabite. You get that? The author is very kind of upfront to remind us, hey. This lady is not one of God's people. She's a, she is a Moabite. They were not friends of the Jews at all. They have a long history of fighting, of disagreements. And so the, those laws of well-being technically didn't apply to Ruth. There was a loophole there that anybody could take advantage of if they wanted to. So in this, she was a foreigner in a different land. Right? 
and she was hoping that she could find favor with someone. That's, that's what that means. So look, Ruth was taking a big chance by doing this. Big chance, big risk. She was taking a big risk by going into these fields not knowing what would happen to her. She was taking a big risk, but you know what also she was taking? A big step of faith. Big step of faith. Ruth 2.3. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. So Ruth begins, she finds a field, right? Some random field. She begins working. She begins gleaning, and she's picking up the leftover grain, hoping that nobody would run her off, right? That's what she's thinking. I'm going to work as long as I can, as fast as I can, hoping that nobody runs me off. And then it says this, as it turned out, right? As it turned out, she stumbled into a field belonging to Boaz. Now, is that a coincidence? As it turned out. How many of us have said stuff like that, right? Just so happens, as it turned out. No, this is more than a chance happening. This is more than a coincidence. This is the sovereign and mighty and powerful hand of God in this. You know, for us, we need to understand that. We need to understand that God is active. God is living. God is moving and he's working. I know many times we don't feel like that. We, we think that, that we are separate from God, that God is not working, that God is not active. We say, God, where are you in my situation? The truth is God works in mysterious ways. You know what that means? If you could understand it, it wouldn't be mysterious, right? He, he, he does. He, he's working things out ahead of us, in front of us, around us, right? He, he is involved in so many different ways to bring us where he wants us to be. That's what he's doing. And look, for me, for you, for us, that is encouraging to know that God is working in our lives. So God was working in this story, but let, look, very importantly, who was also working? Ruth. Hey, she was working hard, right? She wasn't just sitting back. She was proactive. She didn't lay down and bask in her dire situation. Woe is me. No, she was busy. She, she exhibited remarkable faith in the midst of difficult circumstances. That's so encouraging. And it looks like in this that God was beginning to open up doors in this story by placing her in the field of Boaz. Why? Because Boaz was not the average guy, right? He was not the average guy. So the next thing that stands out to us is the generosity of Boaz. He was so generous to Ruth, as we're going to read. Verse 4. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem. You see, that's another seemingly random, oh, just at this moment, as she happened to go into his field, he just then arrives there, right? Um, Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters, the Lord be with you. Can you just picture this, Boaz coming in like that? You know, like a knight in shining armor, riding on a big horse. The Lord be with you. And then they greet him and say, the Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? So, question, did Boaz notice Ruth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like almost immediately. I mean, he comes in and I mean, he, 
who is that? Who is that woman? Um, National Lampoon's movies, I love them. Um, you know, they're, they're so good. They're so funny. But there's always like constant themes in them, right? And next time you notice, watch how Chevy Chase reacts when Christy Brinkley comes on stage. Does he notice her? Yeah, like almost drives under a semi-truck noticing her, right? And, and eating a sandwich and kissing it and flipping it. All right. Y'all just have to watch it. So, yeah, Boaz noticed her. Who is that? Right? He, he, he asked his workers about her. They, and the workers ended up telling Boaz Ruth's entire story, how she was a Moabite and how she had come to them from Moab and how she had joined Naomi in her difficult situation and how she wanted to take care of Naomi and how she wanted to be a part of her family. They told Boaz all this stuff. So after hearing this, how would Boaz react? You know, you've got this foreigner in, on your property, right, from a, a country that your country doesn't like. You've got somebody coming in on your property picking up your product. You're a businessman, right? How are you going to react to that? What would he do? Would he run her off? Ruth 2.8. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field. And don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Look, Boaz didn't run her off. As a matter of fact, he told her to stay. As a matter of fact, not just stay, but be a part of us, you see. One of his own, and he calls her daughter, which if you read through this, it kind of gives you a weird vibe, right? It, and, I, and I looked into that a little bit more, um, but in, in this culture, in this time, what he's saying is, is I'm going to be responsible for you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to protect you. You And that's what Boaz is telling Ruth. He instructed his men to protect her. He even told the men, hey, as this woman works, all them barrels of water over there, I want you to keep them filled for her so she can have a drink. Now, Ruth was blown away, if you read through this, if you read through the scripture, she was blown away by the kindness and generosity of Boaz. Why me, she said. Why me? What did I do to deserve to be treated this way with such kindness, with such generosity, and Boaz answers her, verse 12, may the Lord repay you for what you have done. So he had heard how she had helped Naomi, how she had helped someone in need, and he says, may you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Oh, isn't that so nice? I love that verse. You see, Boaz, as I mentioned, he was a man of integrity. He was a respectable man. He was an honest man. But he was also this, a man of faith. And he looked at Ruth and her situation, and he respected how Ruth treated Naomi, even though she was a foreigner, even though she was not part of his family, even though she was not part of his nation, his country, his faith. She exhibited remarkable faith, you see. Look, when you think about it, she left her home 
on faith, didn't she? She left everything behind. She left a life that she knew, the only life she had, she left all that behind on faith. And last week, uh, Ruth told Naomi this, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. That's so good. Through faith, Ruth pledged her devotion to Naomi, but she also placed her life in the hands of God. I want you to see that. And Boaz realized that. He noticed that. And what he decided to do was to honor and to respect that. And Boaz wanted to do more than just encourage Ruth, you know, good job, I'm proud of you. No, he wanted to richly bless her. Verse 14, at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. Hey guys, if you're looking for a pickup line, that's it. They'll go with you every time. But, you know, we look at this and we're like, bread? Cheapskate? You know, no. I mean, this was a delicacy to have bread and wine vinegar. All right, so you see in this dry, arid, hot climate to somebody that's been working all day, your throat gets really dry. You try to eat a crusty piece of bread, right? I mean, it just feels terrible. No, it was to soften the bread so that she could enjoy it, right? Is a delicacy. And when she sat down with the harvesters, who, who offered her? Servants? No. He offered her some roasted grain, right? I mean, another delicacy, like chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Right? I, I, all right, I want you to think about this with me, how Boaz has treated her so far. All right, we read right past this because it's just a few verses. She was allowed to glean in his field. She was given acceptance as a stranger into his family. She was given protection. She was given water, enough water. Anytime she needed it, it was there. She was given bread with wine vinegar. Now she was given roasted grain. I want you to understand, Boaz had brought her in on his level. She is not uh, being treated any less than what he is being treated. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. Isn't that good? Boaz was a very generous guy, wasn't he? But look, he wasn't done with Ruth yet. Remember, he wanted to richly reward her. Verse 15, as she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men, let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks from her for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So, you know, Boaz allowed Ruth to go back to work and he instructed his men to pull out some stocks intentionally. All right, so just picture this. They're working and uh, oops, you know, as they're moving along, they're just throwing stuff down for her, acting like, you know, they meant to do that or didn't mean to do that, you know. Um, He is going above and beyond here. To take care of Ruth, isn't he? For some reason, Boaz was really into Ruth. And as I was reading through this, I kept thinking about this over and over again. For some reason, God is really into me. You know, for some reason, God is really into you. 
I think many times, why me? Just like Ruth. What did I do to deserve this? You know, what did I do to deserve to be welcomed into your family and to be treated so richly with such blessing? Didn't do anything. That's just the actions of a loving, grace-filled God, right? He welcomes everyone. He goes above and beyond to care for his children. Blessing Blessing upon blessing. So we see the faith of Ruth, but we also see the generosity of Boaz in this. Ruth had tremendous faith, and Boaz had unbelievable generosity. Do you think we can learn a lot from those two? Yeah, sure can. Well, we're going to see what this led to. This story has already started to change, as we're seeing, but this led to a new hope for both Ruth and Naomi. Their lives would never be the same after this, all right? So verse 17, so Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an epa. Now, one thing that is clear to us is how hard of a worker Ruth is. Hard worker, right? And she gathered what amounts to be about six gallons um, here of barley, and that would equal in weight probably about 50 pounds is what this is estimating. So that's a lot, all right? And uh, it says that she carried it back to town, verse 18, so that would have been a couple miles. Hard-working woman, right? She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. So uh, when Ruth was eating with, at the table with Boaz, she got enough to be satisfied and had some left over. Now Naomi was also given the chance to eat as well. Look, there was plenty of food for both of them. And the 50 pounds of grain is enough to last two people two weeks. Ruth did that in one day. Story's changing. Verse 19, her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. She's thinking, look, this is really great. I didn't expect this. I didn't expect it to turn out like this. What was she saying just in the previous chapter? You know, I didn't expect it to turn out like this. What a change. Her outlook had change and now things seem to be looking up for her and Ruth it goes on to say then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working the name of the man I worked with today is Boaz she said so Naomi didn't tell Ruth where to go from the beginning you got that right Ruth just sort of randomly went out she happened to end up in a field belonging to Boaz and when she told Naomi where she had been and how he took care of her and the name of him a light went off in her head She recognized the name. She recognized who he was. And verse 20 says, the Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. And Naomi was humbled and thankful. She was also excited and overjoyed. And she, she burst out in praise because of her blessing and then she lets Ruth know a very important detail Boaz was one of their family's guardian redeemers and I think Travis mentioned this last week the Hebrew word is goel and uh, that is just a guardian redeemer and it means a whole lot but the 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 basic most fundamental meaning is it is a person that is responsible for the economic well-being of close family members 
All right, can you remember that definition? Um, that's the basic definition of a guardian, or your translation might say kinsman redeemer. And this is a very important detail in this story, and we'll see how this detail comes into play next week, okay? But for now, God has changed the situation for Naomi. She went from what? Bitter to blessed. God can do that. He can. The sun was rising again in her life. She had a new hope. And Ruth was given acceptance, provision, and protection from Boaz. Ruth had a new hope as well. What a change in their story from last week to going from hopeless and sort of an unknown type of future to being blessed, to being hopeful, to being joyful, to being excited. And through this, we have learned that God can change anyone's story. God can change your story too. Hello? He can? I know many times we read the Bible when it's like a fairy tale. We look at that and we're like, oh, that's nice. It's not real though. Yeah, we, the, the point of reading God's word is to understand truth and to take that truth and to cover our lives with it. God can change your story too. He can bring hope to anyone in any situation. Now, as we close really quickly, I want to walk through three things with you about what we learned about today. I'll be fast, I promise. First of all, be willing to look up and move forward. Be willing to look up and move forward. I'll explain what I mean. Naomi and Ruth, they were in a bad spot. They were a tough time. They were barely hanging on. But here's the thing. Ruth didn't give up. In, in spite of her situation, she tr showed tremendous faith. But she also showed motivation. You know, it's easy to, to get down and out when you lose hope and it's easy to kind of isolate yourself and fall into depression and not do anything. And Ruth is telling us and showing us that things can be different. Look, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know how your week was last week or how your year has been this year. Maybe you're ready for this year to end. All right. You might be in a situation that you did not anticipate, that you did not plan for. Your life might not be where it wanted to be. You may feel like there's no hope. You might feel like giving up, but I'm telling you, don't give up. Look up. Look up. I love Psalm 121, verse 1. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven to earth. This psalm is for people that have their heads down because it tells them to look up. Look up. Don't give up, but look up to God and move forward in faith. I know it may be hard. I know it may be difficult, but all it takes is a little hope and a little faith to make a big difference in your life. And Jesus said this, faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. How big is your problem? Big as those mountains out there? You have a little bit of faith in your life, in God. You look up and you move forward in faith, that can make a big difference. Be aware of what's going on around you. God could be opening doors around you and you don't even see. Here's the thing with a door. When it opens, what do you have to do? 
You have to go through it, right? Otherwise, it's just the open door. You won't change to your story. God opens the doors, and you walk through the door, right? Second thing, be willing to accept help from others and be willing to help others in need. Ruth and Naomi both humbly accepted help from Boaz, and Boaz showed great compassion by going above and beyond for Ruth. Now, this first part, look, if you struggle with this, I'm there with you. All right, you know, getting help from others is, makes you feel weird. It does, it does to me. I don't know what it is. It may be pride, right? It may be a man thing. You know, cavemen like to do, you know, be the providers and solve all the problems. And, you know, it might be a little bit of all that. Pride gets in the way. We either don't want help or, it's, or we're embarrassed to ask for help. Look, many times the answer to our prayers is the help of another person. That's what we need to start thinking. God helps us in many ways, and many times that help is through someone else. The answer to Ruth's situation was who? Boaz, right? Ruth could have went out there and just done things on her own and just got a little bit, maybe enough to last her that one day. But with the help of another person, man, she was just overly blessed, abundantly blessed. And that blessing led to not only her life being better, but also Naomi's, all because she accepted the help of someone else. So be willing to accept help from others and then be willing to offer help. Look, you want to hear something crazy? You could be someone else's Boaz. You could be the person that God wants to send to somebody else to help them, to bless them. Isn't that crazy? That you could have such a big impact on someone else's life to bring hope to. Here's the thing about hope. A little bit of it goes a long way. It's kind of like vanilla, especially from Costa Rica. All it takes is a little bit of hope to completely change someone's story. It does, to turn someone's life around. Who can you help? Who can you bless? How can you bring a small amount of hope into someone's life? Lastly, as we close, be willing to give God glory when he changes your story. That's a good, that's nice rhyme, isn't it? Give God the glory when he changes your story. Naomi, all right, Miss Bitter, Miss Bitter Pants, went from bitter to blessed in how long? A moment, right? And what did she do? Praised God. She celebrated. She turned her frown upside down. And what I mean for, by this for us is, look, when things go good, thank God. Praise God. I know many times we like to beat on our chest and we're like, oh, yeah, I knew I could get through that. Yeah, right. You was worried to death last week. When we get through things, when good things happen, we like to take credit. We like to feel better about ourselves. We like to give ourselves a pat on the back. And that's, you know, that's okay to have confidence. I'm not saying that. But give God the glory when he brings change to your story. And no matter how small it is. It could be a big thing. It could be a small thing. Praise God for that. We need to learn to be thankful 
and celebrate the changes that God makes in our lives. We need to be thankful that God accepts us as we are, but doesn't leave us where we're at. Amen? He wants to bless us. He wants to change us. And the biggest change to your life came when Jesus came into your life. It did. It did. Through Jesus, God changed. Listen, through Jesus, God changed your story for how long? Forever. For eternity. He changed it. So with the Lord, nothing is impossible. With the Lord, there is always hope for those who love him. And that is something to be thankful for. I saw a story on the internet of a little girl. I don't know how old she was, probably seven or eight, but looked younger. And uh, she had recently, she had been trying to get adopted for a long time. Couldn't. Things didn't work out. You know, finally she got adopted and she was so excited. She wrote a note to her adoptive parents thanking them She said, thank you for loving me. Thank you for taking me in when you didn't have to. Thank you for giving me a second chance in life. And then she ended with this. Thank you for giving me hope. Isn't that good? That's what God did for us. That's what God does for you. And that's what God wants to do if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. The invitation's there. He's asking you to come to him. Will you do that today? Just like, just like Boaz did with Ruth. You come as you are. It doesn't matter if you're outside of the family or not. If you've never been in church or not. Doesn't matter your past. Doesn't matter your present situation. Doesn't matter your background. You come to him. He blesses you. He forgives you. He strengthens you. He provides for you. And he protects you. He gives you hope now and forever. Let's pray. Father, today we thank you for your word. We thank you that we were able to see how you can change any one story. How no matter what we go through in life, no matter what we've done, that in you there is love and grace and forgiveness. We're thankful that at your table, everyone is welcome. The outsider, the foreigner, the outcast, the sinners, the hurting, the weak, the helpless, the hopeless. You welcome us all. Father, thank you for your provision and your protection and your love. Father, help us to look to you in times of need, in times of discouragement. Help us not to give up, but to look up. Father, help us to open our eyes and be willing to accept help from others that you place around us because that's your plan and it's for our good. Help us to be willing to notice those in need around us and be willing to help because many times we are the help that you are sending uh, to people. And Father, when you do things in our life, when you bring about change, even if it's something small, help us to give you the glory for it, for you are a good God. I pray for the person this morning that uh, hasn't placed their faith in you. I I pray today that they would give their life to you. In Christ's name we pray, amen.